2: Uh, He'll be with us coming up in about 20 minutes, and we'll be giving away tickets to uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, taking on Washington on December 23rd.
3: Hey, the Heisman Trophy is this Saturday. Is there anybody in the college football playoff that is going to be at the the Heisman Trophy presentation?
2: In fact, all...
3: No, because Michigan don't have nobody
2: Michigan's the only one, right? Yeah, Georgia's so. quarterback's there. Well, you cause USC's quarterback is there.
3: Yeah, Caleb Williams, who I think is gonna win. Is TCU's quarterback there?
2: I don't know. I mean Ohio I State's so. is. CJ Stroud is. CJ Stroud is there. Who I think I there? think I think it is TCU's quarterback. I know they're all quarterbacks, and I feel like it was everyone uh in the college football playoff except the swap out was Caleb Williams and
3: and that's crazy. If TCU's quarterback is there, that's crazy. I, I think. I, I, I think.
2: Don't... I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I might be wrong.
3: He might be. He might, might be wrong. Though. He might be.
2: I love that we brought that up here at the top of the three o'clock hour. <laughs> not 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 my favorite place to get into the college football playoff, which is like four days old, but it kept kept getting put off <laughs> well, over, and hell, over and over and over again. We
3: we have ninety months to talk about it before the game starts. That is going to be the good thing about this twelve team playoff. Is they're gonna start like this week, next year, or whenever it starts? Right. I always thought it was kind of crazy. It
2: is. It's TCU's quarterback.
3: Wow. Big ups to him. I think Caleb Williams is winning. Max Duggan.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I thought C.J. Stroud was gonna win. Um, they lost to Michigan. No. Yeah. So, and I think that's held against him more than USC losing anything cuz <laughs> Caleb Williams has been phenomenal all been year. crazy. Yeah, it he's crazy. been phenomenal all Except year. Except against
3: Utah. Um it's
2: so weird. That's it's it's like Sac State owns Denver. <laughs> right. Utah owns USC. utah
3: beat their ass on uh in that Pac-12 championship game. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's why. It, but them. see that's
2: why, that's why it's, it's it's why the committee constantly doesn't trust the Pac-12. Don't mm. yeah. blow it. Yeah. They're gonna blow it.
3: Um I never asked you this. Um I'll ask you this now as we go back to the Kings. Do you do you think Fox should play on Friday? <clears throat> um No. Mm-hmm.
2: If it's if I don't I don't know because I'm basing this off stuff people tell me. Basing it off stuff I read, I'm basing it off. I don't think there's anything we know secretly that you don't know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We all kind of know the same stuff. It's out there. Yo, he's gutting through it, as, as Gus Armstead said a, a few minutes ago when he was with us. Yo, all athletes want to play. He wants to get out there and play. I think. I, I think there's a, a, a distinction that kind of has to be made though. Right now. If De'Aaron is 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 comfortable playing, knowing he can't play at his highest level, mm-hmm. I I don't believe at any point, and I know we differ a little bit on this as it pertains to last night. I don't believe at any point over the last seven games he's hurt this team.
3: I don't think. No, we don't differ. I don't think so.
2: Okay, so you yeah. you, you don't think his performance hurt the King's chances of beating the Bucks last night? N- not. He didn't cost the Kings the game last night. He didn't cost night.
3: him the game. I just think he should have. You know, I would. I would hope that he played better. But it wasn't like you're killing him out there. I don't. Right. I don't feel that way.
2: Um, so if Terrence can't go, I'm not. I'm not big on the idea of De'Aaron just not playing. Mm-hmm. Like if nothing changes and De'Aaron's gotten through the same stuff that he's been gotten through, and Terrence isn't available, it's like uh, I think you're. I'm not really. I'm not into the idea of you might just have to take this L against Cleveland. No, like put your squad out there and let them play. If Terrence can go, yeah, maybe, maybe you do some load management with De'Aaron here. Mm-hmm. I know, like, there's. It's not a question of whether he wants to play. And here's the other. Here's the other thing that that I would ask. I'd ask, I'd ask trainer Pete if he's listening. Specifically, I'd ask the Sacramento Kings training staff. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's 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 Thursday. He's not going to play Thursday if he doesn't play Friday. If he doesn't say play Saturday, is he in a better position on Sunday? Mm. If the answer is no, just there might not be a one game might not be enough because right. it's not like they don't play again until you know. If there was no game until you know from now until let's see, the first game was Sunday. Mm. Like there was that big of a break. You took Sunday. And that got you to Wednesday, right? Or, or Sunday to Tuesday, then maybe then maybe you do it, right? But if it, if if the training staff says, yeah, that one game isn't going to do anything for right. you, really, it's not. If it's a mental break for you and that helps, cool, take right. the mental day. But if this is about your physical well being, it's not really going to do anything for you. Then at that point, if the Aaron wants to play, let him play.
3: And then you get you get into that you know that that dangerous and somewhat controversial place that we've been in lately in, in basketball and sports is like, you know, them saying, like, look, it's really just a pain threshold thing. Yeah. And you gotta be careful with that, but, yeah. um...
2: You gotta be careful with overcompensation, too, when you're dealing with a pain mm-hmm. threshold. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he's, he's, what, questionable because of right foot soreness? Mm-hmm. Man, his left foot exploded. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. there's a reason for that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so... Um... If I was, I'll answer my own question. If I was, you know, Mike Brown and went to De'Aaron Fox, I'd probably I'd probably sit him out a game. I'd probably just sit him out on Friday and say, you know, we're going to, like you mentioned, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's, sure. you know, you, you just kind of <sighs> decompress, catch the your breath about day. this yeah. and, you know, and feel better about your foot and get ready to come back for this road trip and then what we're going to do uh, essentially all the way to the first of the year you know trying to establish ourselves and I would rock even if Terence can't go I would uh I would say okay Davion and Malik, Malik. you guys are going to log some big minutes mm-hmm. uh KZ you're going to log some 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 major minutes maybe even get mm-hmm. some deli minutes you know, in there, Delhi. Yeah,
2: you'll definitely get some Delhi. Yeah, Delhi did in
3: there. that against Miami. when yeah, they had to go. That's with, right, without Fox. You know, so it'll be one of those games. <laughs> <laughs> Although Terrence was he,
2: there, he had he had a stretch of two games. I think where where it was, was, oh, Telly played like eight to ten minutes. Oh, that was perfect for He I don't think you go much above that, and then the next game he plays like 20. Uh, It really went in the opposite direction of what we were talking about. And was effective. Telly was effective. Uh, I I think
3: we're going to see Rashawn tonight. I think we're going to see Alex Lynn tonight.
2: Nope. Well, we did. We did. Sector 78 thing. seconds. I think we saw Delhi for 78 seconds.
3: Yeah, Delhi was out there. Keon Ellis got out there as well. Um, but it may be. It may be one of those games. You know, it may be one of those games. And then, and then, you know, I don't think this has anything to do with it. I'll take this back. I don't think, but if Donovan's not going, well, maybe Fox doesn't. Yeah.
2: Now out. it's the, Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like now it's different. If yeah. if, if Donovan is out, um, but. Or, you know, maybe it's a – maybe there's something to the – obviously Donovan's dealing with something. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned he hurt his leg kicking the Lakers' ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, well, maybe at, at worst you've got a – and I don't I, – I'm, I'm making this number up, so play along. Mm. A, a 75% De'Aaron mm. versus a 75%, 80% Donovan. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it it shakes out a little bit differently that yeah, way. Yeah. Um I understand De'Aaron wanting to play through this. Uh, you you if you're talking about a, a, a I, I guess it, soreness, and pain aren't the same thing. All mm-hmm. um, all I'll say is this: during this stretch, the the Indiana game is where it really really stood out. Um, during dead balls he was moving like he was eighty yeah. like and, and, and like you know there was a, a a a timeout in the first half where it looked like he was damn near shuffling to the sideline now again, when the whistle blew, he was De'Aaron fox like right. he he was he was he was out there working really in the second half particularly in the in, in the game he was incredible but when the when play stops and, and you're you're watching nothing but him. You can you you see his discomfort, like mm-hmm. you see, but again, discomfort isn't the same thing as pain. Yeah. What is he playing through? Because if he's playing through pain, stop.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's the key. Like stop, that's the key, right? Like you, somebody rolls their ankle or something like that. Uh, it's not after you know if if you're able to play with the rolled ankle. It's not always uh, like painful. It's restrictive mm-hmm. because you can't cut and move the same way you do because you just don't have the strength or you know you may tweak it a little bit more there. Ankle
2: soreness is a yeah, yeah but those things monster.
3: those things you know you you can play with them. It's just <laughs> I see you working. <laughs> I'm just
2: saying um, it's 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 tough. It's tough. Like ankle soreness is tough. Sometimes you just got to step away for a while when your
3: ankle hurts. <laughs> it's too restrictive. Lateral, side to <laughs> side. He can't move. That man said, I ain't stepping on this court, so y'all do something.
2: <laughs> no, it's his ankle. He's like, well, my ankle gets better. If it coincides with anything, then that's just a coincidence. <laughs> my ankle gets better. I'll, I'll, I'll be ready to go. Yeah,
3: But, I, I mean, that's something where, man, I'm just not going to have the same explosiveness or I'm not going to feel 100% for some time, but I can get out there and play mm-hmm. and, and be productive. You know, that's the difference between, like, man, I'm just in pain every time I explode or every time I try to push off of it. Those those are two different things. And that's something that we don't know. We don't know if it's and, discomfort or pain.
2: And that's the weird thing is when he's playing, he doesn't look to be in pain. He looks slower. Mm-hmm. He looks less explosive. When everything stops is when he looks to be uncomfortable. And, again, I can't tell if he's in pain or if he's just banged up, sore, He got that, you know, great workout shuffle, you know, where your body's just aching a little bit. But to me, like, it's like, all right, yeah. And and I I know there's like a there's a there was a sickness in here, which considering Trey Lyles was sick, Mm -hmm. uh, a a couple of other kings have been sick. You know, considering all that, yeah, it's, it's given the amount of people just in our building who have, you know, colds and flus and different things like that. Yeah, that's 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 feasible. I, you know, Jill Adge was saying she she felt the effects of being sick for like a month. Yeah. That's what these, you know, maybe he, he, you factor that in. Then my concern is the number of games is starting to stack up. Mm. It's like one thing. Oh, oh, I, yeah, Fox does look a little uncomfortable. It's been, you know, th- three, four games. Okay, well now it's five or six. All right, now it's like seven, eight games. Yeah. Okay. At what point? Is like, hey we've got 60 games left in this thing,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we need you for as many for as the possible. Long, long, for the long, long. Yeah, we need you for as many as possible, and we went through the schedule from now. Na- <laughs> the sneaky part of what we just did that it's just on, I mean, when we talked about, you know, what's the king's schedule at the, at the end of the year? It was a lot of games between now and January 1st. <laughs> it's not like the NBA is going on holiday break. <laughs> they play a ton this month. That rest
3: isn't there. Right. If you're holding That's out hope pain. till
2: February. Yeah.
3: Ooh. If it's, not, it. if it's not like pain, right, and like I said, the dreaded, you can't hurt it any worse. If it's just discomfort, you're going to have to find a way to play through it.
2: I I, I I sneaky love this lead-in because I I know Matt George hates this conversation. I saw him fire off a tweet last night about Uh-oh. Twitter doctors. So uh, he's, he's going to be real amped up about this conversation regarding De'Aaron Fox. So we'll talk to Matt George when we get back, and we'll give away tickets to see uh, your Sacramento Kings take on Washington on December 23rd. That's all coming up here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320.
4: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.
2: Absolutely absurd behavior from my partner over here. <laughs> That's <laughs> just ridiculous. Up. That is messed up. Just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but Casey mentioned it on the commercial break. We'll mention it here uh, live on the air. We'll take care of two pieces of business as we welcome in the host of the Locked on Kings podcast uh, and the uh, wonderful sports reporter over at ABC 10, our man Matt George. Uh, two things. One, uh, Casey and I will be out at Folsom Honda from 10 to 12 on Saturday morning mm-hmm. uh, collecting toys. Uh, bear the rank. i have rumors uh circulating around the office is there's been a basketball court put out there for us oh what uh so we'll get to we'll, we'll, it, hopefully we don't b- bust up any of the new cars that are in the showroom <laughs> but it is indoors because it's 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 supposed to be a uh monsoon part 2 Damn. on saturday so we'll be out at Folsom Honda on 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 saturday if you if you want to collect some toys uh to 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 donate man we'd be super appreciative again that's that's 12 to 2 uh, on Saturday and, and our way of saying thank you uh, preemptively for coming out to hang out with us on Saturday is to give away King's tickets right now. Let's do it. Uh, Kings and the district of Columbia, uh, Washington uh, coming up December 23rd. Call number three right now, nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty, 1320. And we'll get you all set up. Matt, put your phone down, buddy. You can't, you, you are, you are forbidden from winning. Uh, you will be there covering the game. You will be there. You my, my, it's, it's a big outing for me. My family's going to be there. They're coming to see the beam. So I need Ooh. you to I need you to tell my mom how nice I've been to you all of these years just for the you know, all, all of these years we've known each other have been an inspiration and someone you can just lie through your teeth uh, to my mother when you see her. OK,
1: now your son has never hurt me physically. But
2: emotionally <laughs> We're happy to bring you into this conversation because I know uh, you're, you're preemptively pissed off. I saw your tweet last <laughs> night about uh, Twitter doctors and De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron, it was was, it was a big topic of conversation today. Um, we, we know he's battling through something. He's listed as questionable tomorrow with foot soreness. There's talks of, you know, the hamstring. He's, he's, he's acknowledged he's been, you know, you know, dealing with the bug that's been circulating around the team Uh, as well. So I'm not asking you to play Twitter, doctor, but I am asking you, would it be productive uh, for for De'Aaron to rest the game? Or if he wants to gut it out, you want him to keep gutting it out. What do you want to see from De'Aaron Fox moving forward?
1: Well, before I answer that, before we get too far off topic, I was going to ask d what the chances are of you dressing up in a Santa suit for that toy drive. But the reality is they would have Kenny Carraway dan- uh, dress in the Santa suit and you would probably be the helper elf, you know, that has to escort all the kids. So that, that's, that's facts. Not I'm, unlikely I'm the
2: helper elf now. Like, I...
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm wearing a Santa suit. You can uh, rock it. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, it uh,
1: about De'Aaron Fox. No, I am not a Twitter doctor. Um, although I'm, I'm working on my PhD. Uh, people always think, I mean, people thought I was angry. I wasn't angry. I was just, t- I mean, I'm... I'm it tired had a
2: tone, reading. Matthew. The tweet <laughs> had a tone.
1: I always got to watch my tone on social media, uh, those darn Twitter tones. But I, like, I was tired of reading, and I've read it after every single game over the last week. Like, I know De'Aaron is clearly not playing 100%. Uh, percent. There's clearly something going on with him. But if De'Aaron Fox is good to go, and... The Kings media or rather the Kings training staff is saying De'Aaron Fox is is good to go. Then I want him to go mm. like it, he's we're talking about the best player on your team. And no, De'Aaron Fox is not playing like he did when the Sacramento Kings started the season scoring close to 30 points every single night. That's that's not what he's doing right now but he's still in the double digits. He's still playing very well defensively. Like even through this, this bruise that he's dealing with on his foot, which sounds horrendous to deal with. Mm. Like he's still playing the best defense of his career. And he's been doing that over that three game win streak before last night's game and even had some decent moments in last night's game. So De'Aaron is still contributing in many ways to where, even if he's not at 100%, 80% of De'Aaron Fox, 70%, 60% of De'Aaron Fox is still way a way better option for the Sacramento Kings than 0% of De'Aaron and asking everybody else to fill that gap. De'Aaron doesn't just have to score the basketball for the Sacramento Kings to win. And what's the most important part is even when De'Aaron has been playing hurt, the Sacramento Kings are still winning games. So what are we complaining about? I think if De'Aaron, now that he's listed as questionable, if De'Aaron needs a game off and he thinks he needs a game off, and the team thinks he needs a game off. I trust their decision. But if De'Aaron Fox is playing, he's clearly good to go. And I think it's a uh, I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation for De'Aaron because there are a ton of people going back to last season that accused De'Aaron of of sitting out and not playing games and choosing to to sit out while he was hurt or banged up a little bit that trashed him for that. So now he's choosing to play through discomfort because he thinks that gives the Kings the best chance to win, which newsflash it does. Winning is clearly what he cares about. Winning is clearly what this team cares about. And now people are suggesting that De'Aaron is somehow impacting the Kings, uh, ability to win negatively because he's going through a shooting slump by playing with, uh, playing with discomfort. I just don't think the man can win, uh, in a lot of ways with that negative crowd. So the reality is the Kings are still winning games. I know they didn't last night. If De'Aaron's good to go, then I say, let him go.
3: Yeah, you know, and I agree with a lot of that. I, I know I agree with, with everybody um, that, you know, he doesn't look like himself. He looks like he's playing through something, which he is, or whatever the case may be. I just think, you know, more to some of these, these open shots, he's getting some open looks that he's just not hitting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's the lift on a shot because of the foot or whatever, I don't know. But it it's not always just like, oh, he can't get by somebody and is struggling with, you know, people at the rim. He's had some wide open looks that he just isn't knocking down, and I look at the way he's playing through injury and trying to gut it out, and I appreciate that. And I also think it's fair to say I I need him to still play you know better basketball. Like just if if you're hurt and you're hampered, that's not you know it's not it's still not okay to go five or sixteen. Like I I need you get some open looks. You got to knock them down, and that's kind of where I'm at. Where do, Matt do you? Where do you stand on, like, players that are playing hurt being immune to any type of criticism of their game? Because that's what some people feel.
1: No, I think that's a completely different uh, and warranted conversation. De'Aaron absolutely has to play better. No one is saying, or at least in my case, I'm not saying that De'Aaron deserves a pass because he's out there playing banged up. If you're good to go, if you're saying you're good to go, I expect De'Aaron Fox. And while he has not been providing himself, my point was he's still been providing enough for the Sacramento Kings to win a majority of the basketball games that they've been playing during this banged up stretch for Fox. So that I mean, that's what I'm pointing to. But yeah, De'Aaron has to shoot way better than that. And the Kings, reality is the Kings need De'Aaron to get back to his 20 to 25 points per game a night form. They don't, thankfully, this team doesn't rely on it to win every single night, which is a credit to Monty McNair and how he's built this roster. But De'Aaron absolutely has to be better. But at the same way, like Kevin Herter has been missing shots. Keegan Murray just went through a slumber. He was missing shots. Good looks for the two of them as well. So, like, whether it's injury-based or just a shooting slump, like this is thing. These are things that players go through all season long. And what you want to do when you have a player, a prominent player that's in this position, is one, you want to give them as much opportunity as they can to work through it, and hope that they can work through it quickly. But number two is you want a team that can support him and pick him up. During those times. And that's what the Sacramento Kings have built. So De'Aaron absolutely does not deserve a pass for struggling as mightily as he is. The Kings, he is their star. The Kings need him to carry through and they expect him. We all expect him to play better than how he's playing right now. But to suggest that De'Aaron playing through injury is somehow hindering. The king's ability to win games, and I've seen those comments on my podcast. I've seen those comments on Twitter. That to me is ridiculous.
2: I, in, th- and, and, and I'm hundred percent on your side with that. Um, and I think we've outlined this, you know, through the. I think we're up to seven games now. D- De'Aaron's there isn't a game where you point to him and go, "Well, wow, if De'Aaron was, you know, that was better." De'Aaron team would have won, and that's not the case last night. Like the Bucks were going to do what they did. Uh, regardless of the way De'Aaron Fox was shooting, he might have been able to slow a few things down there, particularly during that that three or four minute stretch. I don't even think it was four minutes. But shoot, it might not even been three minutes. It was quick. Yeah. It was lightning quick that the, that the Bucks opened things up. Maybe he could have slowed things down a little bit, but that, that, that you know, I just I think what more of what I am concerned about is I don't want to get to that point. I don't want to come out of the New York game and looking at De'Aaron being you know three of of, of thirteen or three of fourteen, and the Kings lose that game by two. Mm. And then it's like, I don't know this, but I'm confident if you had put Davion out there for a longer stretch, maybe things would have gone better. And again, it's not a criticism of Fox for trying to play through something. It's what's the best way of managing this? Because we've talked about, Matt, the depth of this team, the fact that you have, uh, you know, Davion Mitchell. I think Terrence Davis' availability is important to this equation uh, as well. The hub of the universe, the Kings universe, is Devontae Simonis. Like, you've got playmakers. Like, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a death sentence like it used to be. If De'Aaron was out, it was like you. There, there, there's enough here to maybe, maybe missing a game. It, it's not the end of the world. But we also pointed out maybe missing a game doesn't actually help De'Aaron either because hmm. it's yeah, one game.
1: And if it's a bone bruise, I mean, resting a bone bruise. I mean, I, I'm again. Twitter doctor, PhD, written in crayon. Like I have no idea what in the world uh, a, a bone bruise is, let alone how to fix it. Like it's it sounds like it's a painful injury that you just kind of have to work your way through. And again, if De'Aaron feels that he's good enough to go, and the training staff feels that it's not severe enough to hold him out, or feel that holding him out wouldn't make that much of a difference. Then I say let the man play because that gives you your best opportunity to win basketball games. I do agree that this team is better suited to overcome that De'Aaron not playing period. But I still think what did De'Aaron have in last night's game? Was it sixteen points or fourteen points or something like that? Fourteen points of De'Aaron Fox with his improved defense and his presence alone. Like we gotta well, think about the Yeah. It was fifteen about, on
2: four five it was fifteen on five of sixteen.
1: Right. 50, I mean, and it's not an efficient night for De'Aaron Fox, but at the same time, too, De'Aaron Fox's presence has a s- specific impact on the Sacramento Kings. You have mm-hmm. to respect great- De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. They guard De'Aaron Fox differently than I'm sorry if Davion Mitchell were out there. Now, I think Davion could do great things. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Davion can't fill the role temporarily, but let's put it this way if the Kings rest De'Aaron Fox or De'Aaron Fox sits out the Cleveland game, I'm okay with that. If they think that's what's necessary, I'm okay with that. You got to protect your players, right? And you got to make sure he can go as long as possible and hopefully into May and best, best, best case scenario, June, right? Yeah. So you got to think about these kind of things and protect your players. But at the same time, like if De'Aaron Fox doesn't play, now I know Donovan Mitchell is also listed as questionable, so we'll have to see with this. But if Donovan Mitchell plays and the Cleveland Cavaliers are already trying to get back at the Sacramento Kings for losing to them in Sacramento if De'Aaron Fox doesn't play I don't expect the Kings to have I, I think they'll have a chance to win that game I don't expect them to win that game and is that worth is it worth it I I think that's just things that we have to take into account yeah, yeah.
3: I mean I, I think another thing that comes into play as well is you know even though the Kings have high aspirations for you know, where they wanna be and where they're now George you know, just said playing in June. Playing in June, right? High aspirations. We also gotta remember, um, they ain't done that yet. You know, and they can't play as if they have. Like mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks or the Phoenix Suns, they can do that. Right? They can say, you know, you, can the load Boston Celtics, you, yeah, you know, yeah. we know where we're gonna be, we know where we've been. Sacramento Kings are still trying to get somewhere and that's kind saw of with
2: Golden State last night.
3: Yeah, yeah, they can they can do that. The Kings are still trying to establish themselves and get somewhere, and I, that may go through De'Aaron Fox's head or Mike Brown's head where, you know, as much as we think we're on the right path to getting some, we're not there yet. We're not good enough to just say, hey, if we lose this game, you know, so what, we're getting healthy for A- April. We may not be in April. Like, we need it. So that, that may play into their thinking as well, whether or not to continue to play him or – Um, have them sit a game or two
1: to me my biggest takeaway from this Bucks game was the same major takeaway that I had from the Boston Celtics loss which is the Sacramento Kings are a good team I think we're far enough into the season to say that with confidence the Sacramento Kings are a good team I don't think it's realistic to expect this team to fall off a cliff now we could be surprised Kings could come in but I'm saying I don't think it's realistic to expect that like maybe we have in years past with the team when they've been playing well like I think this team is good which coming into this season, if I had told you that I'd be able to say that with confidence, 20 so or so games into the season, I think we all would have been excited. But there's a massive gap in the NBA between good and great. The Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, those are two great teams, championship caliber teams. In my opinion, the two best teams in the NBA right now. Like, And, and records wise, I think would show that. And I think those two are going to, I think the best chances for a champion are in the Eastern Conference over the Western Conference this year. That's just my opinion. Like it, I think it's, perfectly clear i call it like a a a brutal progress report like sacramento is good they're good enough to hang with any team in the nba on any given night and they've proven it time and time again they proved it with how they came back against the boston celtics and they proved it with how they built a lead and, and held a lead and hung in there with the milwaukee bucks all the way until the fourth quarter when on the road winning time happened and those two championship teams flipped that proverbial switch and the sacramento kings don't have that experience yet and don't understand how to win in those moments i don't understand how the Kings should win in those moments we haven't seen it yet and it took the boston celtics losing in the nba finals to figure that out it took the uh the milwaukee bucks years and Giannis Antetokounmpo winning an mvp before they figured that out enough to win in a championship so i mean these are lessons that you learn over time so i think it's it's good to keep into perspective where the sacramento kings are at they're a good team they're gonna it's gonna take probably this season and i think a playoff exit for them to Get close as close to a great team as they can this year, so that hopefully those lessons can be incorporated next season.
2: Well, they'll exit the playoffs when they win the championship. They'll just sure. exit with the Larry O'Brien Trophy. That's a good mean. point. That's a good
3: point. I mean, right that's, right that's, there. That's, that's 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 what why it is. Paid
2: the big bucks. It is. I, that's why. Yep. That's the reason. <laughs> um You you talk about you know you you know growing and 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 learning a, a, as a team. It it it, it feels like, and you, you know you tell me uh, Keegan's growing and learning right now. You know, he, 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 he had one of his more comfortable games on, on, on the road and it appears, you know, the different things that had hindered him for a stretch of period, uh, hopefully they, they appear to be a thing of the past.
1: Yeah. I think, I think Keegan's figuring it out. I think he's starting to understand like the, the, the way he was playing in the Summer League, while I do think you could see how he could translate that, and even preseason, how that could translate into playing with the the main roster, how, how well he fits into systems and scores in the flow of an offense and the flow of a system. It's one thing to experience that with Summer League teammates against Summer League defenses. It's a whole other thing to incorporate that. And, and you could see he started his career, the first couple of games that he played, played very, very well. And it looked like he was just almost playing with this, confidence carried over from Summer League and this confidence of I'm here, I'm arri- I've arrived and I know what I'm doing. Then kind of reality sets in a little bit and you see him take steps back. But still, the credit that I give Keegan Murray over the, the entire course of the slump that he was in, he didn't change the way he played. He continued to play in the flow of the offense. He continued to take good shots. They just weren't falling. Sometimes his decisions weren't necessarily the best, but it wasn't like he was forcing the issue and trying to fight his way through it. So what I think Keegan Murray is doing, what I think Keegan Murray needs to continue to do is just play within himself. And we'll see that the results will slowly come. He's a smart player. He's got a high basketball IQ. Uh, So overall, I mean, I, I think what Keegan Murray has been doing is great. And we're seeing, I I, I don't think Keegan Murray did that much last night out of being pretty aggressive out of the gate compared to when he was slumping. It's just shots are falling and the confidence is there.
3: Yeah, That game last night, uh, Damien's talked about it a number of different times, and it's a great point. Um, Only 17 assists last night. It's not what we've known to be Sacramento Kings basketball this year. Is there – was it um self-inflicted like were they not playing Kings basketball and doing a little bit more one-on-one or do you think it's something the Bucks uh kind of forced them into yesterday
1: Oh I think it's absolutely the Bucks I mean that's a championship team
3: like the 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 Bucks
1: I think Mike Brown said after the game that he felt this was the first game all season where like the Kings were what did you say, Like manhandled, or where the Kings were not in control, or yeah, he's and I, like, I, I, I know, you know one,
2: yeah, that he, he he said the Bucks didn't feel them at all last night.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that definitely has something to do with Milwaukee. I'll Also, say too, like the assist numbers are glaring. To me, what was glaring, Kenny, was the Kings only had twenty something. I don't have the number in front of me. They only had like twenty six or twenty seven or something like that points off of the bench, and Malik Monk had sixteen of them. Like that, the the Kings bench production has been something that's been super consistent through the successful stretches that they've had. Wow. So, while I don't think it's fair to expect the Kings bench to provide you 40 plus ignite like they were doing earlier on in the season, how they were giving the Kings 50 and 60 on back to back nights.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: As good as Malik Monk still was, he had good moments, also had some bad moments in last night's game. Like, you only got four points from Davion Mitchell, I, I believe, four or five points. You got Two points from Rashawn Holmes in garbage time. You got like four points from Chemezi Metu. Like, and that was that it. Bench,
2: yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the and, number was twenty. Yeah, the number was twenty-seven, and then sixteen were from Malik.
1: Right. So that I mean that that I think is a is a, a big indication of the Milwaukee Bucks were not going to allow the depth of the Sacramento Kings to beat them, and that's been something that we've discussed over the last couple of weeks. When the Kings starters would set the tone, Malik Monk and the King's depth would come in and take and take the take it up a notch. And teams were having a hard time de- handling that. The Milwaukee Bucks knew how to handle it. But at the same time, too, like, the Kings have been sharing the wealth. They had six players finish in double-figure scoring last night. That's been a recipe su- for success for the Sacramento Kings. That's why I think the Kings were in the game as much as they were. So there were good things that allowed them to hang around. But the the assists, the passing, the uh, lack of bench production compared to games past, like, those were the two glaring things. Mm.
2: Okay. Um, man, Davion, hmm. you do want more from Davion. The funny thing about Malik's too is Malik's 16 wasn't efficient. No, Like he took 19 shots to get there again. And this, this speaks to what you're talking about now, Matt. It's, that's a credit to the Milwaukee Bucks. Like that's, that's, it's great that the Kings have this like newfound defense, right? Hey, all right. We're starting to see them cook a little bit. This is old hat for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, like man, they they they, they what they do. Yeah, they know what to do defensively in their sleep. Like they're 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 gonna be ready. I think the true killer was, and all of us, I know all of us watching since this was oh, so Drew Holiday's hot, huh? <laughs> all right. So on top of Giannis being Giannis, the best player on the planet, we got to deal with uh Drew Holiday getting him some and then the fear of of brooke lopez chris middleton and kenny pointed out the ridiculous shot chris middleton hit in the corner that was like all right these 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 guys got these guys got points everywhere
3: yeah
1: it's a championship squad like and and drew holiday is is one of my favorite players in the league and has been one of my favorite players in the league for a long time like he's he's a gamer he plays hard and he can give you nights like that it was his only uh, set it was his second 30-plus point game this season. He had one right at the beginning of the season in October when he dropped 34, and then this game. Mm. So it's not necessarily what he's known for, but when there's so much attention on Giannis Antetokounmpo, which by the way, like I I heard conversations and saw conversations of, well, who do the Kings have to match up against Giannis Antetokounmpo? Who does the NBA have to match up against Giannis Antetokounmpo outside of grabbing the dude's legs and holding on and pulling him down to the ground? There's nothing you can do to stop that freight train of a man. Jeff Van Gundy.
4: (laughs) He's going to get
1: his, but you're exactly like the Kings can't allow Drew Holiday to drop 31. In addition to the, 18 or so points that you're always going to get from Middleton in addition to the double digits that you're going to get from, from Brooke Lopez. But that's what makes this team so difficult to, to handle is, okay, Drew scores only 22 that night. Chris Middleton could easily go for 31. Mm -hmm. Brooke Lopez could easily drop 20. If he's hot from the perimeter, he's going to get so many open looks. Like that's where the Kings depth wise. I think that's where the Kings want to get to where De'Aaron Fox is there 34. He's there Giannis and you have to be afraid of, uh, DeMontis Sabonis is putting yeah. up 31 on you on any given night, but Kevin Herter could do it. Malik Monk could do it. Keegan Murray could do it. Harrison Barnes could flirt with it a little bit too. So like that's a recipe for success that I think all models yeah. of the NBA are trying to fill. And maybe that's a model that the Golden State Warriors initially established where, okay, you can stop Steph Curry. What about everybody else who's going to still drop 20 on you?
3: This 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 question may not matter too much anymore, but I know we asked it earlier in the week and I asked Matt George, Hughes, or maybe it was last week. But who's the King's best player?
1: Wow. Um,
3: I think best player
1: is De'Aaron Fox. I think most impactful player is a different conversation. But best player is De'Aaron Fox.
2: If I change the word from impactful to important.
1: De'Montis Sabonis. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Montezuma. I mean, everything runs through DeMontis.
2: He flirts with a triple double every night. I think. I think Drape said that last night. Like, oh, he's he's you know triple double watch, or, or I think he said triple double watch. And Katie was like, yeah, that's that might be every night at this point. That's just he just does. We talked about the you know assist trouble that this team had last mm-hmm. night. Really, for one of the first times all year, seventeen assists for the team. Sabon still had seven.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
2: mm-hmm. if if the offense wasn't flowing the way that it was supposed to. His part of it was. Yeah. Um
3: I I think I disagree with both of you guys though. Still De'Aaron Fox.
2: in it's terms of important, important
3: and best. If he's not right, they don't have a shot. Not to win I, I a don't... game here or there, but to be where they want to be. If he's not right, if he's not twenty three a night, like he can't he can't dip down. We talk about, you know, he, the, the last few games, he's at 18, 19, And they're three 14, and four in those and games. And they've, you know, he can't do that. Mm-hmm. He can't. He has to be the guy that we raved about for the first month and a half of the season. And, and I think we lose sight of that because DeMontis is so good. And a lot of the offense is put into his hands and he initiates it and things of that nature. And I just think last night was a little bit of a reminder, especially when you talk about road games. If Fox ain't right, and if he's not performing at an all-star level, that that's the most important part of this team still.
2: I I think I disagree. Like, if you remove DeMontis Sabonis from the team, mm-hmm. what's that mean for them?
3: Well, they'd be in trouble. I mean, DeMontis if you remove a, DeMontis. An all-star. Like he's, he's, he's just as good. He's that good. They'd be in trouble if he wasn't there for sure. It's not to to diminish who he is to this team. I just think. De'Aaron Fox is – he's still –
2: The answer Malik Monk. Who are we kidding? Like Malik Monk is the most important he, – he he's the most important component yeah. to this. Nothing can happen to Malik Monk. We must protect him.
1: Well, I mean, all jokes aside, I think he's proven to be top three simply because of how yeah. impactful he is with that second unit. Yeah. Like It's Fox and Sabonis in whatever order you want at number one and two. Malik Monk is three. Because Malik Monk is the the engine of that second unit. And more importantly, Malik, I, I call him the flash and the flare of this Kings team. Mm-hmm. For the most part, this roster is pretty reserved and they play pretty reserved. When Malik Monk comes in, into a game, things happen. And, and he provides an energy that his teammates match. And that clearly, I mean, even in, we see the impact that it has at home games. When Malik Monk comes into the game, the crowd gets involved immediately. Yeah. When the crowd gets involved, the Kings get involved. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's... I mean, Malik. Absolutely. All jokes aside, like Malik is definitely a top three in terms of importance to this King squad, or at least he has been over the last few weeks.
3: Yeah. Now, just an interesting question. Well, yeah. All, I mean, they, they're the combination sure. of Fox and Sabonis together. Yeah. Is is something that can take you uh, far. Yeah. Either one of them without the other is is an issue. You know, they 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 need each other. This franchise. Needs them both out there. So it was just We the, need him.
2: Question. We need them out there together. Yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't expect, though, Matt, as you, you uh, sing the praises of Malik Monk, talking about him being the third most important player, I didn't expect that.
1: No, absolutely not.
2: Kenny did. Kenny was prepared. Kenny's been preparing for this for six years. Six years. I used I, to pray for times like this. I, I, I wasn't expecting this at all.
1: Actually, right after your show's over here in about 15 minutes, I have a Locked on Kings podcast dropping where I, I – kind of talked about the journey of Malik Monk from struggling as a young player in Charlotte. And he had the off court issues that he had in Charlotte to how he's become this six man of the year candidate. Mm -hmm. Some would say favorite in Sacramento. And I'm joined by um, Doug Branson from locked on Hornets and Andy Kamenetsky from locked on Lakers. And we talk about the development of Malik's career and how changes of scenery versus the, the things that he started in L.A. that he's sort of perfected or taken to another level here in Sacramento. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to dropping that podcast. But you're, it's your, it's a journey that I absolutely did not expect. And there's elements of, of Malik's game, in particular his passing, that I did not expect. I knew he had elements of being a playmaker in him. I didn't expect full speed, slingshot, spin, bounce pass right into the pocket of De'Aaron to hit a wing three like he hit uh, against the Chicago Bulls on Sunday like those are passes that very few in the league can actually pull off and to do it with the confidence that Malik Monk has shown plus I think Malik is a master at dump off passes mm-hmm. he draws attention when he when he attacks the basket that's why Chemezi Metu seems to eat so much when he and Malik Monk are on the floor together Malik gives Chemezi Metu drop off dunk passes and lobs like nobody else does on the team uh, mm-hmm. so I mean Malik Malik has been if if there's a conversation for team MVP to this point I think Malik Monk is is maybe a favorite
2: yeah I we've talked about this with Shemezi Metu as it relates to like Luke Walton and Alvin Gentry and the importance of coaching the same thing's obviously true for Malik Monk you know mm-hmm. Malik Monk was talking about his playmaking abilities and uh I I think it might have been Chris Biederman I or might have been you Matt someone asked him about you know his 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 ability to to play make to to be a playmaker and he was like is that something new for you he was like no I've always I've always been able to do this I've always had this in me I just never really had the opportunity in the other places that I was at and it's again man you know we ride these players so hard sometimes when we do these shows and these podcasts and these blogs and write-ups and all of that different stuff and man when you factor in the entire picture and look at coaching cuz that's what we looked at with Chemezi Metsu. like it's it was tough to evaluate Chemezi Metsu under Luke Walton and Alvin Gentry cuz he looks like a completely different player mm-hmm. under Mike Brown. Malik Monk clearly a different player under Mike Brown than he was uh in in and who was it was it, was it Vogel who was the coach last year Vogel. for the Lakers was Vogel. it and, 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 or, and going back to Charlotte like he he he's he's a different player at this state in his career under Mike Brown.
3: Uh, and look some of that obviously credit goes to Mike Brown. Some of it is all just kind of situational, right? Like the Lakers and Frank Vogel may have, you know, known that Malik could do some stuff, but I got LeBron James. Yeah, you ain't going to do it there. Or you got you Russell Westbrook mean? too. And I got Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So it's not always – and not saying that you're saying or anybody else, but that Frank Vogel didn't see No, no, no. Yeah, no, I got know. you. It's just yeah. this situation – didn't really call. It didn't him. And I need you to do something different because mm-hmm. we have two guys that can do that. And then he gets to Sacramento. And then Mike Brown is like, well, man, I, I got Davion, but I don't really know what other ball handlers I have. Sure. Malik, let's see what you go ahead. I'm, I'm going to give you the keys and, and see what you can do. And it's worked out good. So timing and situation and, and sometimes competence from the coach, you know, they all play a factor into what was going on. I think in Charlotte, that was the case. They didn't, they didn't have ball handlers and they still didn't really let Malik rock. So, you know, they just didn't
2: get it. That's why home. they're Charlotte.
3: Yeah. And well, 21-year-old Malik Monk may not have been ready for that type of sure. role as well.
1: And I think there's also a sense of urgency thing, too, to where things did not go how Malik expected to start his career. And he had an off-court issue. And, and like, the Charlotte Hornets did not issue him a second contract. Normally that institutes, and we're familiar with this, or insinuates, and we're familiar with this in Sacramento, a failed draft pick. Hmm. So, he got two vet minimum, essentially, offers, one from the Lakers, one from the Dallas Mavericks. He picked the Lakers squad. Now he And then he signed a two-year, $19 million deal with the Sacramento Kings. But he had to earn that. And he had to he had to bet on himself a little bit and play a little desperate in L.A. And he earned that, and he's built upon that in Sacramento by recognizing that not only was this his opportunity to get paid and his opportunity to come and play with his best friend, this was his opportunity to have a significant role with a team that needs someone like him. So I mean, I, I think it's a mix of change of scenery. I think it's a mix of lessons learned and maturing in the league. People forget he's just 24 years old, which is crazy to think about. Uh, and I think he he had to kind of put up or shut up and his career was loosely maybe on the line. Uh, and that's that kind of flipped the switch in him to focus and, and dial everything in and we're seeing the results.
2: Uh, since we started with a, something that upset you uh, to start the show, the Twitter doctors, let's piss off Kenny here in the final few minutes. Oh, joy. Were you uh, were you were you upset with uh, not upset? Were you concerned with the uh, rebounding discrepancy last night?
1: <laughs> to be honest with you, I didn't talk about that in the show mm-hmm. uh, or in the podcast, so I didn't even look at it. Was it horrible? Uh, it,
2: it, it, it it wasn't good. It was, but well, Doc Rivers is here.
3: Well, it wasn't the. A- I wish they tell the whole story. So but the, it wasn't the discrepancy; it was the offensive rebound, and it was a it, lot. It was, like yeah, it 17
2: was seventeen to nine. It, the, was, it, it, yeah. the, the, the the overall total I think was fifty to forty. The offensive rebounding discrepancy was seventeen to nine. The second chance points it was a lot. Uh, yeah, it was twenty five to eleven.
3: My whole thing, Oof. my whole thing with Matt was everybody saw there like, oh, see, the Kings' were just too small, you know, to to be able to match up with the the Bucks. And I went back and looked at all 17 at offensive rebounds. A good number of those were long rebounds that guards got. And I looked back and I said, oh, these guards, you know, the, the Davions and the De'Aaron's and Malik's, they didn't rebound from that guard spot the way they have all season long. I thought they'd done a great job. And last night they, they kind of slipped on that and let a lot of long rebounds go out. So I, that's, that's all it was. I was just like, it wasn't necessarily the size issue. It was uh, them not team rebounding.
1: Boy, if that isn't something that we've heard, coach after coach after coach after coach here in Sacramento preach, though, right? You can't just rely on your bigs uh, to to rebound, especially against a, a team with the size. Of the Milwaukee Bucks, I'll, I'll have to go back and, and look at that because that didn't really jump off the page to me. Admittedly, I had one eye on the game and one eye on David Patrick's uh, Sac State Hornets beating the crap out of Denver for the second uh, time this season.
3: I wouldn't say so, beat the crap out of them, but well, when you
2: beat them, them twice in a year, you beat the crap out of them. Those are the rules. It doesn't matter if you win by one or win by two, but if you win know, the two meetings,
3: I beat them by like a combined five points.
2: That's all right.
1: That's all right. That means that's you
2: beat the crap more out of points them.
1: than I usually win by. So uh, uh,
2: that means you. That means you. 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 You beat the crap out of that. Alright. I'm with that. Um
1: Kenny D- Denver fan caraway apparently.
2: <laughs> Turning heel on Coach Patrick. Never, Who knew? Big,
3: never. big pioneer you, guy. You, you know what's funny? And I know well, Matt. I am a pioneer guy. Cal State East Bay Pioneers. I
2: I I know uh Matt, I know you're familiar with this. Offensive rebounds piss Doug Christie off no. to mm. no level. Mm. Oh, like I I I don't know if Doug raises his voice in meetings. I don't imagine that he does. Uh, Oh, but I imagine he raised his voice watching that film by himself that they got another offensive rebound.
3: uh, That's like me and miss free throws.
2: You know what? That's probably a perfect comp. Doug hates offensive rebounds unless he's getting them.
1: Yeah. one day we will get Doug Christie as a head coach, whether it's in the NBA or in college or whatever it is, we will get Doug Christie as a head coach. And if his team gives up a single offensive rebound, he will have them running lines during the <laughs> Doug, timeout. He Doug, would call a timeout and make them run on the spot.
2: If the, if the team gave up an offensive rebound and Doug could call timeout in that second, he'd probably do. He'll like, Doug, I could see Doug Christie being a, a Mike Brown quick timeout guy.
1: Doug Christie would, his first career technical foul as a head coach is going to be him cussing out his own team. And the <laughs> rest are going to be like, all right, hey, all right.
2: hey, coach. <laughs> hey, too coach. Far. hey, coach. Relax. <laughs> Relax. Buddy Hill did this. Sit
1: down. <laughs> his team would get the free throw, though. That's how it would work. Uh, it, <laughs> it works.
2: Bad. It works. Uh, check out the Locked On Kings podcast, wherever you get podcasts from. You can listen on the Odyssey app, um, Apple, uh, YouTube. Uh, they're everywhere. Uh, Locked on Kings podcast is great work by our friend Matt George. And, of course, tune into to uh, ABC10 and check out our man here. Matt, we appreciate you as always. Most of all, we appreciate you for being with us. Uh, Friday, tomorrow, you know the deal. Trista, yes, Kyle, James Hamm uh, in the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll get you ready for it. Uh, hope to see you tomorrow at noon here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320.
4: Ah, <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.